Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. Hello and welcome to the Talk Wrestling podcast on your Fight Night feed from Talk Sport, bringing you the very best from the world of wrestling, from sports entertainment, from the graps every single week. And talk sport and what another cracking show we've got coming up for you this week. The power couple of the world of wrestling join us. Well, kind of one of the power couples, let's say, because they joined us totally separately. We have Adam Cole from NXT, former NXT champion, one of the very best in the business right now. One of the very best women in the business, the AEW Women's World Champion Britt Baker joins the show. Plus, we're going to break down Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega and discuss could Page finally be the man to beat the belt collector. That's all coming up on your Talk Wrestling podcast. Thank you for listening to the Talk Wrestling podcast from Talk Sports 2 as part of your Fight Night feed. Make sure that you do leave us a rating and a review. It does help more people find the show. We really appreciate all the love that we have been getting for it and letting us know on social media, etc. You've been enjoying the show. Uh, if this is your first time to it, we're on every Monday night on Talk Sport 2, but uh, we bring you this condensed version of the show with our full interviews included to make sure that you've got another way of listening. And so, without further ado, let's get to our first interview of the show. Myself, Will Gavin, and TalkSport's Alex McCarthy, the TalkSport Wrestling Czar, and Al caught up this past week with former NXT champion, one of the very best in the business, Mr. Adam Cole. Adam, thank you very much for joining us here today on Talk Wrestling here in the UK. Adam Cole himself, and we're approaching the Great American Bash now. This is going to be, uh, well, it's part two in NXT of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, but we know there are many chapters to this story, really. Um, you've obviously already had the epic clash that way uh, earlier on this year. Is there like a certain pressure, Adam, like a certain expectation that comes with yourself and Kyle meeting? Because there's obviously a palpable feeling among us fans where it's like, oh, it's going to be good. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, definitely. Um, especially with a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, especially with a guy like Kyle, who uh, I have had countless matches and moments with since 2009. So there, there has always been that, that pressure of living up to the expectation of what everyone expects from, from Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. It, it kind of reminds me of like when, you know, I wrestled uh, Johnny Gargano in that trilogy and we had that first one in, in Brooklyn when Johnny won the championship. And then we had to wrestle again at takeover 25. And we were like, how in the world are we going to even get close to living up to the first one? Um, so that, so that pressure is always there, but it's always exciting. And, and the advantage that we have going into this one is, I mean, this is a straight up pro wrestling match. Um, so, so it, it will be a very different feel. 
Um, I mean, the, the anger and hatred is still there, but it, but it will be a very, very different feel from stand and deliver in that sense. So uh, there's pressure there. Uh, but I myself, I really, really like that pressure. I think that was one of the exciting things coming out of Undisputed Era. Um, now, you would have obviously answered this question a million times during the faction's run. It's like, oh, yeah, are you going to be on the main roster together? Or, oh, they're going to ask you to break up. So I guess whenever that finally happened, it was always going to be a major occurrence. And in the back of our minds, we thought, Kyle and Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, what's your reaction when they finally say, you know what, now's the time? Did you think, yeah, it is the time? And, you know, was it conflicting emotions, I guess? It was. Uh, I, I, I had been, um, I, again, I had been literally attached at the hip to Kyle, Bobby, and then eventually Roddy my entire run in NXT. Like the, the moment I debuted, I was standing beside Kyle and Bobby. Everything I had known about my time in NXT was Undisputed Era. So it's scary at the idea of going, okay, uh, we're, we're going to go in a different direction. Uh, also, it happened so fast. It, it wasn't like this thing that we were preparing for. It was something that kind of fell into our laps and was like, okay, mm-hmm. this, is, this is where we're going. So very little time to process it, very little time to, to think about it. Um, but looking at it now, I absolutely think it was the right call. Um, it, it, it's never going to feel, especially when you have the chemistry that myself, Kyle, Roddy, and Bobby had, it's never going to feel like the perfect time. Uh, however, I, I do think development-wise for all of us individually, it's been really, really important uh, to, to kind of go into that, into that direction. Um, I had the time of my life in the Undisputed Era. I really, really did. But, but, uh, but I do think it was a good call. I do think it was a good call. Um, I mean, that's the other thing as well. You've all kind of, like you said, you've all grown and done different things. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get on to Ronnie and what he's doing in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the music change, I felt like, you know, Adam Cole kind of being out there saying that he was the heart and soul of the Undisputed Era. And that, I was like, man, it, it's very hard to, to, for me to let go of Adam Cole and the, the ah, come on, man. Um, to, right. Was that like, how, how much say, or was, were you very much like, yeah, I should have new music so I'm moving on or, I felt like if anyone was going to keep it, it would have been you. Right, right. I understand. So, so I am very much. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the proper way to do this. Like, I uh, whatever um, is asked of me, or whatever I, uh, you know, is suggested, I very much am like a team player in that sense. Sure. You know, I I am down for whatever it is that you need, and I and I pride myself uh, on that. And at the same time, I did understand and agree. I was like, you know what. Yeah, it's a totally new direction. We want to totally step away from it. And then I do tell myself this as well. Um, this is funny because I've been t- I was talking to somebody else about this. Is uh, I don't think a lot of people remember this, but when the Undisputed Era first started, um, we got flack um, and and crap for our theme song. Then, you know, it was uh, oh, I don't. What is this song? Oh, we, we don't like. It. And then after a certain amount of time with the audience and, and everything like that, and them getting accustomed to the group, then people started loving and adoring the song. Um, so I do think, uh, and maybe it's just my optimism, but I do think over time, people will start to go, you know what? I really dig this new Adam Cole song. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I, it, but anytime, uh, again, for me personally, anytime in any company I've ever changed entrance themes, 
it is, it's such a weird feeling because you mm. get so used to coming out to a certain song. You walk with the song. You like, you're in the right mind frame with that song. Um, but I do, I, I feel like this new one kind of does fit the swagger of Adam Cole. And I do think over time, um, people will go, you know what? I think I like, it. I think I like, it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see though. Um, Again, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, and also, you know, if the Undisputed Era do ever get back together, be a hell of a moment when that music finally does hit. Who knows? Very, very knows? true. Very true. Um, Roddy, right? We were just, we were just saying I was going to make my way back to him. Diamond Mine. Uh, I, you know, I've wanted Malcolm Bivens or Stoke on TV for so long, so it's great to see him there too. too. Roddy looks right at home. Um, man, it seems like a good pivot for Roddy, right? Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, God, Roddy, I've, I've said this before. He is one of the best bell to bell performers I've ever been in the ring with or ever seen. Um, he's also one of the most intense. So again, this group very much encompasses, you know, intensity in that sense. And, and now, and now Roddy being in this leadership role is also really exciting. Um, yes. I, I know he's excited. I, I'm sure he is. You can sense that. Uh, but I do. I think this is a great fit for him. I think uh, Malcolm Bivens, again, being in that role is great. I totally agree with you. Uh, he's a guy who I'm very, very happy is now on television. Um, and I think uh, Roddy's going to you know, bring the best out of everybody in that crew. I really do. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on, in terms of you in NXT right now, man. Uh, Samoa Joe keeps getting in your business, right? Uh, now, we don't know. I know that he said to Ryan Satin that, you know, it's like a work in progress, maybe him getting back in the ring. And, and that's the yeah. hope, although we don't know. Right. But man, Adam Cole and Samoa Joe would be something, wouldn't it? It, it would be incredible. Um, I have uh, Samoa Joe was one of the guys responsible for me actually discovering independent wrestling. Um, you know, him along with CM Punk and, and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson at the time, I remember seeing those guys for the first time and being like, Oh my God, I got to watch all of their matches. Um, and I have never in my 13 year career wrestled Samoa Joe. Uh, we, we just never, ever crossed paths. And I know stuff is very different now, um, where we are unsure if, if Joe is ever going to be able to actually get back in the ring, but you can guarantee that if that day does happen, uh, I will be hoping and praying as much as the NXT fan base is that we have an Adam Cole Samoa Joe match. Cause uh, I mean, aside from the fact that I do respect him so much, I'm sick of him punking me out, dude. I gotta <laughs> change this immediately. But also, like, and I'm I'm not just saying it from my perspective, like you two seem to have a very natural electricity. You know what I mean? On TV, I think after that first week, everyone was like, Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, we don't know whether we're gonna get it or not, and maybe that's part of the charm. But um, I, I think immediately that felt like a big match. It did, yeah, it it is cool. And it's it's crazy how that happens sometimes with because uh, that's not always the case. You know, you can have two really amazing performers and sometimes they don't necessarily clash or uh, or gel or, or it takes a little bit to get there. With Joe, I felt it immediately, just right away. Um, so, yes, I, I would I would love the idea of being able to do that someday. So we'll see. I hope so. I it's great so. as we talk about all of these possibilities, man, like because, you know, for so long, people like, especially when Unspeed Era broke up and you had the match with Kyle and then it's like, Oh, maybe Adam Cole on the main roster. So 
it's one of them. And that's obviously a question you get forever as well. Sure. But it's like, maybe people are saying, oh, was that a time where you might, might have felt it is the main roster time? But then as we sit and discuss here, there is still so much for you in NXT. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it just ends with a great title reign in the Undisputed Era. Right. No, I agree. Um, th- there is so much to do. And, and that's the other thing, too. I, I mentioned this before. Um, I find it so flattering that, uh, you know, there are people who are like, God, I, you know, I want to see Adam Cole on on Raw or SmackDown so, so badly. And then there's another group who's like, no, I really want him to, to stay in NXT. And right now, the possibilities of things to do on any of the three brands uh, feels endless for me. It just feels exciting yeah. across the board. It, like, the, again... Uh, being able to stay in NXT, even with the 403 day reign and being a triple crown, you know, winner and all that stuff. I've been with the brand for such a long time and I've seen it grow so much that it's really fun to be a part of that process. I would love to win the NXT title, you know, again, I would love the chance to maybe someday step in the ring with Samoa Joe. I, I want the chance to wrestle guys like Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, oh, there's yeah. just so many possibilities within that brand. And then of course, Raw or SmackDown, there's a bunch of talent that I haven't had the chance to, to wrestle yet that I would love the chance to do as well. So it's exciting. But but yeah, to, again, a long-winded way of saying there is definitely plenty for me to do in NXT yet. Yeah, and I think that's, it's always that thing because we got that little taste where you came, uh, you know, that mental few days where NXT came up and you had, you know, Brian and Seth. Wild. Um, yeah, I mean, like, again, like, I know we've spoken about that before. I've spoken with some of the other talent how, like, it was an on-day thing. We were like, oh, my God. Um, and then look what we got. I'll never forget it. Yeah. yeah. So for like you personally, is it one of them? You've had that taste and that's cool and that. But like, uh, I guess from a motivational standpoint, you're not feeling like you need anything else right now, right? You, NXT is firmly where you need to be. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, so I by no means am like biding my time um, or saying, okay, I'm just waiting any day now to, to go to Raw or SmackDown. I do, I do not feel that way at all. Um, and that's not saying that I don't want to go to Raw or SmackDown. Of course, the idea of getting to go up there and, and compete on one of those brands sounds very exciting to me. But again, I am not uh, dragging my feet by any means saying, oh, I'm just waiting to, to go to Raw or SmackDown at all. Uh, I, I am so proud of what our brand brings to the table. I love the roster. I love the crew. I love uh, the show that we deliver week to week. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely am proud to be at NXT. Uh, I joked on Twitter after your stand and deliver match with Kyle that uh, it followed uh, your your lovely partner's <laughs> brutal match of her own. I was like, man, that must be a, br- that must be a brutal household. <laughs> like, right. competing, competing for violence out here. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah. That was such a crazy, crazy uh, few weeks. Um, But of course I found it so ironic that again, my girlfriend is in this legendary unsanctioned match. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm also in an unsanctioned match. It was, I'll tell you what, we were, we were pretty banged up in this house uh, for for the next (laughs) few weeks. (laughs) Yeah. I said, I just imagine like you two doing the dishes must be chaos. Oh, kill each other over it. Yeah, um, right. For we're just very, very slow because we were just really, really sore. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> for anyone listening who doesn't realize, by the way, Adam's partner, of course, is Britt Baker, yes. who is killing it at the, the moment in AEW, man. Yeah, yeah she yeah. is 
crushing it at the moment without a doubt. She is so, uh, so and- proud of her. So proud of her. Yeah, she's doing amazing. And it always shines when you speak, which I think is great, man. Um, yeah. Good. Now, for, for those on the radio that can't tell, Adam is uh, sitting in amongst a myriad of amazing gaming stuff. So I have to ask you, we learned over WrestleMania, WWE 2K22, they're going to be making a comeback 2K this year. We know that uh, it wasn't everything they wanted to be their last title, but now that they're back, Adam, what would you love to see maybe out of that game? Ooh, so um, I really, really, really love story-driven video games. Uh, I, I always have. And I know they do have uh, a career mode, um, but I would love to see like this insanely detailed and intricate story mode. Like one that could be like legitimately hours and hours and hours and hours of like the process mm-hmm. of like trying to get which I know they've kind of, you know, messed with this before, but like really diving into the, okay, you're learning how to train. Okay. Now you're wrestling on an independent. Now you're doing international tours in front of a, you know, a little bit of a bigger audience. Now you have this big tryout. Now you have like, which again, I know they've kind of experimented with that, but I mean, to really dive deeper into that, I love a great story. I, I really, really do. So, so to have that process of eventually ending it, say, you know, main eventing at WrestleMania or whatever, I, I, I think would be really, really cool. I'm excited for the new game. I think it'll be fun. Let me ask you this then. Um, yeah. So for me, the Last of Us series is one of the, my favorite stories oh. I've ever played. It's incredible. It takes like the second game took me like 24 hours, yeah. I think, maybe to, to complete. It's long. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. to you, is that the kind of thing you're thinking of? Maybe, obviously not that kind of story, but <laughs> the length. And um, what's your greatest story game? Yes. Well, well, first of all, I have to agree with you completely. Uh, the Last of Us is one of the most captivating stories, uh, not in gaming, just in entertainment. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, if a wrestling game managed to tell a story uh, with, uh, with, you know, that being that captivating uh, and that compelling, oh my God, it'd be my favorite ever because uh again that that is just so so important to me i like games that that make me feel a certain way so but but my favorite game of all time is the witcher 3 wild hunt um i put 150 hours into that game um it's one of those games where it's an open world game where you can go off and you can do a side quest and this side quest is so compelling that it blows my mind to think that the developers we're like, we're going to put this in the game, but there's a 90% chance or 80% chance or whatever that someone's going to totally miss this. Just mm. totally miss it because you don't have to do it. So th- that game just absolutely blew my mind. But when I do think of just strictly a story, uh, both Last of Us 1 and 2 uh, are up there with the greatest stories ever. I know Last of Us 2 is very controversial, which I won't get into because I don't want to get into spoilers, obviously, for anyone listening. Sure. Uh, but yeah. uh it was very controversial and I loved it because it made me feel so many things. Uh, it took yeah, me on I did such a, a complete 180 on Abby, Adam. I did a complete I'm, 180 on Abby. Yeah, it was me too. Exact, exact same. I went from hating her at yeah. like at apps. And then by the end, uh, just oh, 180 is yeah. 180 is a perfect uh, description. Yeah. Well, uh, while we wrap up here, because I know that you're obviously still, uh, you know, an ever present at the Performance Center and seeing all of the great new talent NXT coming in, we hear that there's another breaking out tournament 
on the horizon? Like, who would Adam Cole love to shine a spotlight on for the listeners that people should keep an eye out in NXT? I know there is so much talent, so that's a loaded question. But yeah. still, like, you know, who, who have you seen that's really caught your eye? Well, as far as, um, you know, specifically, there's a guy who I have known since 2007 uh, when I started training. His name's Joe Gacy, um, and, and he is at NXT now. Uh, and I've known him for such a long time. He is so talented, so, so good. So it's exciting that, that he's going to get the chance to kind of really shine there. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, um, who I just stepped into the ring with a couple of weeks ago, uh, and he had the nerve to slap me in the face. However, I, I do respect it because he is, he's very, he's very talented. Um, and, and I know this is going to sound uh, silly uh, because he is on a roll right now, but, but I think he's just scratched the surface of what he's going to turn into. And I've already mentioned him, but Isaiah Swerve Scott is yeah. again, a guy who I think literally could be the face of the brand at some point. Like he's just, he's really, really good. I like him a lot. So those are three that kind of really stick out to me. Yeah. And hit row, by the way, they've just, man, they, they just feel like, you know, and it's so great when it organically happens like that and everyone's yes. just like on board and they are hot. They're hot right now. They are. They really, really are. The, the, it, it fits when they come out, it feels like a big deal. Mm. It, it really, really does. So last, last question for me, Adam. Well, last couple actually, because one just sprung to mind. Man, it would be great to have you back in the UK. The last time, um, the last time I, I was fortunate to see you at Download Fest, the last oh, time great. we spoke. Um, and of course, WWE are coming over in September. So, like, how excited are you, man, to get back to those tours? I cannot wait. Um, I've said this before and I mean it, but like the UK fans are just on another level as far as excitement. And the adrenaline rush that you get, like I will. One of my favorite moments uh, of my entire career was when me and the Undisputed Era, like Surprise, showed up to beat Imperium Black up. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, I, I will never, ever, ever forget it. It was like because that's the stuff that you dream of. Like when you watch, you know, pro wrestling, and there's like a surprise, uh, and the crowd goes crazy. Uh, to have that was such a awesome feeling and even going back sometimes and watching it and going god we did that and like look at these look at these fans they're unbelievable amazing and just whether it's a match or uh you know an interview or a surprise or whatever it is the uk fans always bring it i can't wait i cannot wait to go back man i saw your entrance at royal albert hall as well and that was like you know crazy uh the, yeah. the noise that night um can't wait to have you again and finally you know once Let's just say you deal with Kyle O'Reilly. Let's say you even the score next week at Great American Bash. What's the goal from there? Like, do you want to get in there with Karrion Cross? Is it a case of winning a rubber stamp with Kyle to, to be the victor of that feud? Right. Like, what, what does Adam Cole want now? So after I beat Kyle O'Reilly at the Great American Bash, um, I'm definitely ready to move on. I, I, and by move on, I mean... I won a one-on-one -on -one match with Karrion Cross. I've felt that way since we had our face-to-face -face interview where I called him out, he called me out. I think the, the fans want to see it. But, but really, at the end of the day, it comes down to the NXT Championship. So God forbid if at some point Karrion Cross along the way loses the NXT Championship, then I want to go after the champion. Um, but, but right now, in my mind, it's definitely you know get finished with Kyle O'Reilly, and then move on to becoming not just the longest reigning NXT champion,
but also a two-time NXT champion, which is an elite list of people. It truly is. Uh, yeah. I believe Samoa Joby is on that list, by the way. Yeah, he is. FYI. He is. Uh, but as we say, next Tuesday, Great American Bash, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, go at it again, and it's can't miss stuff. Adam, thank you so much for joining us here on Talk Wrestling today. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to talk to you, man. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast from Talk Sports as part of your Fight Night feed. That was Adam Cole speaking with Talk Sports' Alex McCarthy. Uh, absolutely brilliant stuff from him, as always. And in just a kind of one of those weird, quirky twist of fates, we've been trying to set up an interview with the AEW Women's Champion, Britt Baker, for some time. And it just so happened to fall on the same week we spoke to her other half. She's also absolutely brilliant, one of the best in the business doing it. And our very own Alex McCarthy caught up with her this past week. What a guest indeed it is. AEW Women's Champion, the dentist DMD. Britt Baker is in the house. Britt, how are you? What's going on? I'm fabulous. I'm the Women's World Champion and I'm still a dentist. So I'm, I'm really living my best life. Well, yeah, what else could you be but fabulous? Um, man, what a what a ride it has been for you over the past few months in particular. Uh, I, I guess, though, let's start with the last Wednesday, the last show in Jacksonville. Uh, well, for the foreseeable future, of course, not ever. But um, it's been your home and this roller coaster ride during the pandemic that's seen you get to the top. I guess it must have been a little bit emotional leaving it behind. Yeah, it's bittersweet. Jacksonville has really, really obviously become our home base. It's our home field, our home turf. Um, and and it's, it's kind of sad saying goodbye, but obviously we want to get on the road. We want to see all our fans all across the country, all across the world. But Jacksonville, it, it was our, our heartbeat for a while. It kept us going. So it's 
we're always going to have a little little soft spot for Jacksonville, Florida. Mm, absolutely. And like you said, you had so many highs there. I feel like the obvious place I did. to start is the Lights Out match, of course, with Thunder Rosa, because it was you know, history-making being the first female ma- you know, main event in AEW. But of course, yeah. the match itself just absolutely scorched the yeah. wrestling world. Um, let's start with when you find out that it's going to be the main event and it's going to be you and, and Rosa. Um, talk to me about yeah. your emotions at that point, because it's like, man, you, you, the way you guys went in that match, you know, you wanted to make an impression and you absolutely did. Right. Well, that's how you, you said it. I was really, really nervous because I wanted to, I wanted it to be something super memorable. I wanted it to be something that everybody would talk about for many, many years to come. And that's, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself, especially in today's wrestling. I mean, everything's been done. Everybody's doing everything every night of the week. So you really, really, really have to think outside the box and dig deep down to think of something that's going to really stand out. Um, and, not, and not to mention all the added pressure we have on the women's division always. We're always under fire. So this is like really a, a way to really give everybody the middle finger that keeps complaining mm. about us. So that was a goal. Is, is I, I really like to, to shut the haters up, and I think we did. Yeah, I, I know you've mentioned before that Tony Khan is like one of your biggest supporters and working with him has been great yeah. for you. So talk to me about this, like I, I, when you're laying the match out or when he comes to you with the news, um, I guess that's a great vote of confidence in and of itself. But I heard that uh, it, some of the moments in the match, maybe like the thumbtacks and stuff, were a, were a hard sell. Yeah, it's, well, he can't, Tony cares a lot about us and he doesn't want anyone to get hurt um he wants me to be able to get up and walk and go to the dental office the next day but there were definitely a couple things and i and i know he already talked about this where i i had to sit in his office and convince him but uh you know i'm i'm uh, i'm pretty charming i think i have an irresistible <laughs> charm i am good at good at that so i i was i'm thrilled with how it turned out tony is as well um, at the end of the day, everyone was was able to walk walk out on their two feet, and it was something that a lot of people were really happy with. For what you wanted and what it ultimately was, you know, you obviously had a vision. You wanted the thumbtacks and and everything else. From what you envisioned to what it was, talk to me. Like, how close was it? How fulfilling was it? So. When, when the match was happening, I just remember thinking, wow, this hurts so bad. I hope this, <laughs> I, I hope people are going to appreciate this. But you never know. I mean, you, you could think it's going one way or the other, and, and then you the reaction afterwards is completely different. And you, it's hard to predict that. But it, it was something where I had a feeling like this is, this is really special. But like I said, you don't know till you know. Mm. So after the match... Um, I had a feeling there was going to be a good reaction, but I didn't know it was going to be what it was. I, I didn't know that wrestlers across the industry, people that I've looked up to, were going to reach out to me and say, like, holy shit, that was amazing. You guys killed it. It, it was a really cool feeling because I think um, wrestlers are egomaniacs, and there's no better feeling than to get the nod of approval from your peers in, like as, as fellow wrestlers. So that was really cool. And just to have so many fans that, that reached out and said they were so excited to see women in that spot and and how, how badass the women of AEW are because of that, that that's something, too, that I'll never forget is just putting us putting us in the map in a, in a different light, the AEW women's wrestling division. 
Yeah, and that's the thing as well. Like, like you said, the the momentum afterwards. Like, I remember Twitter that night was just a blaze with that match. Um, is there any, you know, you got any cool particular DMs that you might have got? Like you said, from people that you really looked up to, or maybe you'd never spoke to them before, and then all of a sudden they're reaching out to you because of this killer match. Yeah, I mean, there's been time. Most most people were actually public about it. I, I know Lita <laughs> just did. Um, Renee's podcast, she spoke about it. Mick yeah. Foley. Anybody you can think of pretty much reached out. And, and how cool is that? Like the people I grew up watching and being fans of and fell in love with wrestling because of them, in turn, watched my match and said that they were impressed with my match. So that's, that's something uh, I'll never forget. You know, look, getting to this point, like you said, it, it was such a landmark. But um, you, you said about the women's division, how it's taken some flack, but then it's really grown. Talk to me what it's been like working with, I don't know, like Dustin Rhodes, Kenny Omega, yeah. um, you know, Tony Khan, of course. And, you know, Tony Schiavone seems to be close to you as well. Are these all people yeah. that have had influence over yourself and the, and the general direction of the women's division? If you could speak to any of that, that'd be great. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody you've mentioned has helped me to the moon and back and then some um tony Khan will, will always be probably the biggest influence and in the success of the of the Britt baker story because he really 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 had a lot of faith and trust in me from day one even when i was not sure that i could handle the stress or the pressure like he always saw something in me and that's something i'm i'm forever grateful to him for um and he always he's very he, he trusts us and he trusts me like when I have an idea or a vision or something you know always he's he's in charge or he's going to have his tweaks and this and that but he's very trusting of the process uh as far as like specific in ring I've been working heavily with Jerry Lynn he's one of the best of the best I love working with Jerry um Chris Jericho is always going to be a mentor to me in every way possible he's been so good with character development promos match psychology and Kenny, Kenny's been, he's been my guy from day one. He's always had such a heavy, heavy devotion to the women's division and its success. And Kenny is somebody that I, I can always go to when I'm really stressed out or I'm really doubting myself. Like he's, he's such a great pep talk, but it's like a realistic pep talk. Like, you know, he's, he's not just going to, going to tell you what you need to hear. He's going to be, he's going to tell you what you need to hear and be honest about it, but it's, it's in the best way possible. It's the best pep talk hype speech ever. Yeah. It's genuine. It's coming from Kenny yeah. Omega. And he's, he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I mean, I, I always say I was in dental school in the back row watching Kenny Omega New Japan matches when I should have been paying attention to like my immunology class. <laughs> so to get to work with Kenny is, is really cool. And he's, he's grown into be, he's a, he's a mentor. I'm a fan of his and he's also a really good friend now. Yeah. It's, it sounds awesome the way it's all grown. And, and of course, now that you are the champion, right? Like coming into that yeah. spot, uh, I feel like a lot of your popularity developed while you were, Injured, of course, not solely, but yeah. a lot of that, you really found the character. Let's quickly touch on Rebel, because, of course, she's played a part there and it really unfortunate what sure. happened to her this week. How um, right. how, how, how was she afterwards and stuff? Like, I've reached out to her and she, you know, uh, you know how she is. She's fine. But um, how yeah, was, how she, was it on the she, night? So it, it was, I, I, I was kind of unaware of what was going on. But um, afterwards, 
you know, I had a lot going on too because I I just got powerbombed through a table, so that that was yeah. miserable. <laughs> but we we linked back up in the medical room in the trainer's room because I was in there from going through a table. She was in there because her knee was popped out. Oh. But we, you know, we as a team, we had a nice little squad in the back. We got the knee popped right back in, and we we had a nice little shot to celebrate. And then, um, you know, Reba's a trooper. She's a badass. So she she we hung out the rest of the night, had a couple of drinks, had some food, and of course, of course, she got some swelling, it's sore, this or that. But she's good. She's good to go. She's gonna be fine. Man, imagine that. You need popping out. Just have some drinks, have some food. Why not? That's how we what? do it. That's how we do it in the DMD era. Okay, that's how we are. How important do you think she's been to, you know, when you was off with the, the injuries that you had and you were really developing yeah. the character and, and fleshing it out? Like, just talk to me about the chemistry you two had and, and really finding the character that, that was in there. Yeah, her, her and Tony Schiavone both, I mean, I think we're like the three amigos in a way. Um, it's it's the best accent piece to my character imaginable. It's both of them, both Rebel and Tony Schiavone are so dedicated to their roles in AEW that it's it's a contagious passion for wrestling. Mm. Um, to, to be the person that the bully gangs up on and beats up on, but you have to be loyal to them regardless. I mean, that that's, that's a tough thing to say to really dedicated to. And they both are They're So there it's, I can't speak enough about them because my character wouldn't, I wouldn't be Dr. Baker DMD, the character I am now without those two. They are a part of me and everything that I do. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a world of sense. I mean, when you've become champion as well, I think the difference between now and a year ago is, is how, the women's division looks, you know, Jade Cargill has arrived on the scene who looks like she's going to be an absolute phenomenon. Um, you know, Red Velvet, of course, as well. And there's a ton of, Chris Statlander just returned from a bad injury and, and looks great. Like yep. when you look across that scene, how excited are you to of all the different stories you can tell? And, um, you know, I guess Britt Baker sits atop, of course, but uh, what right. do you think no, no, about no. the other the women? The question is how excited, how excited are they to get in the ring and get in an angle with me yes. because I'm the one making these girls relevant at this point, right? I'm the star. I am the one that everybody tunes in to watch. So them getting to do anything with me means that by default, somebody's watching them as well. So I know they're all excited, but that, that's a fact. Well, of course, of course. But if you look at someone like Jade Cargill, is that someone who gets Britt Baker worried? You know, dare, dare no. I say. He has no idea what, uh, no. Welcome, welcome to wrestling. Enjoy your training school. Call me in five years when you have a clue of what you're doing. That's how I feel about that. Wrestling isn't bodybuilding. Yes, yeah, she's got the muscle. She's beautiful. She's stunning. Two minutes in a ring, I'll outsmart her. Like she's like she's she'll blink and and the match is over. There, there's there you there's more to wrestling than looking the part you you need the knowledge the experience the wit there's no one smarter than me i'm literally a doctor i'm a, I'm a dentist a dmd so mm. do i worry about her no i'm in i she's not in my lane whatsoever speaking of uh training in wrestling um you know you, you've uh, i think it was a few years ago where it was candace LeRae and johnny gargano is that right where you started training yeah. well, how, how was I that started training so I, I started training in Pittsburgh at IWC, and then once I finished that training, um, I, I wanted to continue training. 
So I would drive after dental school to Cleveland twice a week and train with Candace and Johnny at a promotion called AIW. And I just learned so much from those two. I still keep in touch with Candace. I mean, we talk to each other pretty much after every, every time one of us has a big match, we're on the phone, we're talking, we're catching up. So she's, uh, I always say she's like my mom and uh, the, she's my mom of wrestling. Mm. She's someone um, I can always go to for advice in the ring, out of the ring, just life advice. Candace is, she, she's somebody that will always be so important in the, in their history books when it comes to women's professional wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great when we talk about support systems and stuff, because obviously everybody knows you are of course with Adam Cole and he always speaks so proudly whenever you're yeah. mentioned or that the work that you do, uh, it really is great to hear. He, you know, I was saying to him, it's funny that you both had obviously the unsanctioned matches very close to each other. Uh, he joked that maybe yeah. it was a sore household uh, that week. Oh my God. Yeah, that was rough. He was, we were both so banged up for, I would say a solid week. It's like <laughs> we're fighting over the ice bags at one point because it's, <laughs> it's, it's fend for yourself. Survival of the fittest. Uh, I do need to mention something as well, because I do think it's a cool note in women's wrestling uh, but nwa of course yeah. are putting on empower right they're looking to yeah. do an all an all women's show all women pay-per-view event in august uh is that you know they've said everyone's welcome for it is that something the AEW world champion would be interested in so again it's they're obviously interested in me because everybody is interested in me i am i'm the most talked about wrestler in all of women's wrestling right now are they gonna want me yes does that mean they can have me no i i'm, I'm not i'm not it's not just a free-for-all not everybody can just have the dmd because they want me for the day so we'll have to see indeed and everyone does want the dmd uh i can't wait for the full arenas to return brit where you know when you do your entrance that dmd has gotten over huge uh where did you did, yeah. where did that idea come from is that organically yours or did someone give you a bit of inspiration no, it was mine. I just kind of started doing it along with Justin Roberts one day. And then um, when I turned heel and when people were, you know, really upset about the fact that, that they had to be reminded a hundred times in a match that I was a dentist, that's something I just <laughs> leaned into because you don't, if you have doctor in front of your name, you don't have to have the DMD. You're saying the same thing twice. Mm. So it's super extra. It's arrogant. It's over the top, which I love. So just to do the DMD at the end was just me being an ass, really. Um, I can't help that people liked it and it caught on. That's not that's not my fault. I can't be to blame. No, absolutely not. Um, but, you know, just a couple here as you wrap up and very grateful for your time tonight, Britt. Um, yeah, do you think course, you always, you, you know, you say about turning heel. Um, do you think, you know, it, it's weird now because you're so popular that there's obviously the lines are blurred. But do you think you always were a natural fit to be a heel? Like when you got into wrestling? You're a very yeah. remarkable person. You're a you know, qualified doctor, dentist. Um, you've managed to yeah. do that and a wrestling career. That's really, on paper, a babyface thing. <laughs> but, alas, yeah. you, you really found your groove. I, yeah, my whole wrestling career, I've always been a babyface until uh, what, a year or so ago in AEW. And um, I think I was wrongly booked for about like what four years before that because I <laughs> I have so much more fun being heel it feels more natural it's I'm I probably the most confident one that comes through that tunnel as a heel and it comes down to just believing everything you're saying 
Yeah, absolutely. Can't argue with that at all. Britt, as well, we've got, um, hopefully, we've seen that there's going to be some stuff opening up. We know that you're going to be returning to touring. Uh, have you got any memories of wrestling in the UK? Have you done that at all and hopes for AEW to go over here? Yeah, so I actually met um, Jamie Hayter. I wrestled Jamie Hayter one oh, wow. in the UK there, who is who's actually a good friend of mine now. We keep in touch often. I, I really enjoy her work. She's a fun, fun person. Her and I have very similar personalities. I get along with her well. So that's a friendship that I've, I've kept along the way from the UK. Um, but I, I love traveling everywhere. I can't wait to come to the UK. I can't wait to come all over the world. We're, we're going to be there one day. But of course, we have to we have to trust the process of opening the world back up. Yeah, we're getting there. Lights at the end of the tunnel, without a doubt. Uh, Britt, thank you so much for joining us here on Talk Wrestling this You're evening. So I welcome. can't I can't speak highly enough of how much I've been enjoying your work. Um, and man, it's just a pleasure to see you thriving out there right now. And I can't wait to see what else is in store for you. Thanks again, Britt. Thank you so much. The brilliant Britt Baker, you're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast from Talk Sports, part of your Fight Night feed, where on every Monday night, me, Will Gavin, and Talk Sports, Alex McCarthy. And, uh, well, straight off the back of the Britt Baker interview on the show this past week, we got into a conversation about AEW and the tease that we might be getting Hangman Page against Kenny Omega for the title. And if we do so, I think both me and Al are in agreement that Page could be the man to finally strip a belt from the collector. Yeah, of course. I mean, surprise, right? That Britt Baker is a great talker. Um, but I she's, did feel she's like... full of self-confidence as well, as we've all noted. Yes. Oh, my word. Uh, you know, I tried to get her to show some concern at the rise of Jade Cargill, but no, uh, she, she was having none of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's great because she kind of, you know, fritters in and out of character. So um, she was very open and candid about who has really helped her behind the scenes. Uh, and helped to get to where she is now. And, uh, of course, you know, Rebel dislocates her kneecap, and then we're discovering that Britt Baker and her are having steak and drinks the same night. What kind of machine is this woman? Um, incredible <laughs> stuff. It really is. But, um, yeah, also, just Britt Baker talking about the development of that character with Rebel, because, remember, she was injured on the sideline and probably one of AW's most valuable players even then, particularly in the women's division. And to see her grow the way she did, it was just fascinating to get an insight into that, to be honest. Uh, and she's just one of the many things that are striking a chord to me on AEW TV right now. But I do think there's a genuine argument she could be one of their biggest stars down the line, full stop. Not just their biggest woman. It kind of has that same Becky Lynch energy. I'm not saying it's the same, Will, but you know what I'm talking about? Same ballpark. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. I, I think that's maybe overstating where we are with it right now. But well, I don't mean in levels. You know what I mean, though. Like, I'm not saying that it's the same in terms of she's hit the same level that Becky hit around that Survivor Series time with the Ronda Rousey match that never was, and the man being born. I just mean in terms of her organic rise uh, and the reaction that she's getting from the crowd. It's the same kind of beloved. Reaction, and I feel like that she can definitely develop and become that big star for AEW. 
Lovely stuff. All right, let's get into the rest of AEW. It was a cracking edition of Dynamite as they returned to Wednesday nights last week on their farewell to Jacksonville. There was in classic American TV fashion a lovely package at the end just telling you all about you know how uh, thankful they were to the fans and to the wrestlers and all of the great moments that had been created there, the highs and the lows, of course, of that period of time. Some great matches as well, we opened up with mm. Young Bucks against Penta El Ziero Miedo. I think I think they've overdone Penta's name at this point. They keep adding just bits to it Penta. and faffing around with it. Yeah. Let's just call him Penta. Uh, and Eddie Kingston, uh, I, yeah, it was a really nicely built match and I think the right result as well. Um, you know, it took a lot for the Bucks to lose, but at least they did lose. Mm. Maybe they were booked a little strong in a loss, but that's fine. Uh, and we also ended on on a cracker between uh, MJF and, and Sammy Guevara. But as has been uh, wonderfully pointed out, I saw you reposting this on Twitter, but fine work from uh, a Chris Brosnahan, who, from what I understand, is a, is a filmmaker who's just a wrestling fan, you know, not necessarily someone who's working in the, the wrestling journalism sphere or anything, but has taken the time out to explain exactly why the story they're telling with Hangman Page has been so brilliant over the last year, year and a half, two years, as it heads towards the home stretch. And I always said, when we go back to being in Chicago and we go back to the first of AEW title match that was there for, and I, I always felt like it was too early to anoint Adam Page at that point, and it was always going to be Jericho. The story yes. they've gone on to tell makes me really want <laughs> Page to now win the title, even if Kenny Omega feels as unbeatable as he has done. Yeah, um, a, a few things on that. So f- first of all, with Young Bucks and Kingston and Penta, I don't love champions getting pinned in any kind of fashion. I don't love it, right? It's a WWE trope that uh, annoys me. But as you said, they went out of their way to protect them here. And I didn't want Kingston just losing to the Bucks constantly in his AEW career. So uh, hairspray or whatever it is in the face of the, the young Bucks and the uh, the elite chaser or hunter being um, Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, there was enough going on there. Um, in terms of Page and Omega, I mean, I've been I've been singing it from the rooftop. Page should be the guy to dethrone Omega. I've been saying that for a long time. When this segment they did on Wednesday got going, I was a bit like, oh, now? Do you know what I mean? I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if it should be now. That was my first initial reaction. I was like, you've got longer on this story. Omega has stuff to do in his run. Uh, let it play out more. And I love the way that Dark Order came out on the like the behest of Adam Page, and he clearly didn't want them to do that, but they did. And they were kind of addressing Page without actually addressing him until Kenny started to blow his top later on in the segment. I thought it was masterfully done, because people are organically... And it's the same way the crowd started chanting the... You know, I can't obviously say it. The cowboy shiz that uh, <laughs> Adam Page is known for. Because his name hadn't been mentioned yet, but they knew and they wanted him. I've always felt with Adam Page coming up short against Omega. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Revolution last year? or Oh, the last. Was it the last show of the year? What do they call that? Full gear. He came up short against Omega there. He came up short against Jericho for the inaugural title. He came up short against MJF for the ring. Uh, and of course, like we said, the title eliminated with Omega. He has been on the cusp the whole time, but never 
at the main scene. I don't know what, what's what's the saying. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I don't know. <laughs> that is Adam Page in AEW, and I feel like people are ready now. And the more I think about it, maybe it should be all out. All out is kind of AEW's WrestleMania. It's their focal point show of the year, the showpiece. Maybe it should be in September where Adam Page finally overcomes Kenny Omega will. And I think for me, it's the subtle stuff that they've done so well. And, and the, as much as you know, I've had not like my issues with the Bucks at times, uh, uh, overbooking themselves or, or making themselves look too strong. It's very clear that as a group, they're incredibly intelligent. The way they told the, the kind of drinking side of the story without making it yeah. about alcoholism. The way that they told the idea that, you know, the Bucks not being in Paige's corner when they had the opportunity to be, despite always being in Omega's corner as part of the elite, the, the kind of the long-term storytelling there. But also as a kind of side note to it, and, and you mentioned it, the way that the Dark Order came out, and I said it earlier, and it was part of that thread where the... Um, the, the very wholesome moment where the Dark Order essentially told him that you need to believe in yourself and you need to have that self-belief, which has clearly been lacking from him all the way through, which has been why he's eaten so many of those losses. And actually, it's the turn of the Dark Order as well, because when Brody Lee died, that whole kind of the way that faction was set up, whether you were into it or not up until that point. Brody Lee had clearly come in and done some fine work, but they were set up as being the outsiders, but the kind of the evil outsiders, the bad guys, the the cults, yeah. the kind of... Now they're the, the lovable outsiders. Now they are the the guys who you know, bring people into the fold, not because they see them as weak, but because they see them as someone who they can help strengthen. And actually it's become a really, really kind of wholesome, loving group who are really over now at this point. And if they can have that with Adam Page as their new kind of de facto leader, I'm not sure it'll ever be named that because of the kind of negative one and Brody Zero and uh, Brody Lee and everything else. Mm. I, I, they, they'll never quite be that. But if he can hold the title and be with the Dark Order, all of that is, it's kind of great. And my my only th feeling on it is that Kenny Omega, I guess the belt he should lose first is the AEW title if he's going to lose any of them. And I imagine that he becomes the, the you know, the, the two-time champion probably relatively soon afterwards but it's the right person to dethrone him i just don't know whether they're ready to pull that trigger yet it would be a great surprise if they did though i think in front of fans as well it would be a huge moment and i've always thought page could break out and be a huge baby face for them he's got everything that you could really wish for um and i've even like you know further down the line thought to myself mjf would probably be the guy to dethrone page and then you've you know you've got a lot of your key to-do lists, you know, in there in great fashion in doing so. Uh, maybe Wardlow, even the guy to take it off MJF down the road. But I'm just fantasy booking now. you got Jade Cargill <laughs> as well. You are getting so far ahead of yourself, and I love it. I know, I know. But Jade Cargill as well is like coming up the car and you've got Britt Baker at the top. I feel like AEW is so well positioned in that aspect where you can... They've got so many viable and exciting options ahead of them. But nothing has been curated as well and crafted as smartly as this Adam Page story, I'm convinced from the from the get-go they've intended all of this, right? Like, every beat of the story, from his struggles to the big matches where he's come up short, I am convinced AEW knew what they were doing all along 
Whereas in WWE, we'd be going, eh, is this by chance? Uh, it's not a WWE versus AEW thing, but I do just think in this one particular instance, they've masterfully done it. The crowd look like they're here for it. Uh, and I, can't, I honestly don't think there's a better person in AEW right now to take it off, Kenny. Do you? Not, no, not right now. There's not, there's, this isn't a, we've got a plug-in option to fill yes. a pay-per-view like we see often with these things or we're going to make oh, the triple threat the last triple threat they did was that it was great yeah, exactly but exactly. It, but it was that yeah um yeah I, I for me this is the first viable person to take the to have a chance taking the belt off him since he won it the first one where i think oh actually they might pull this trigger and i'm ready for it i'm ready for that cowboy stuff to be holding the title aloft, to have the, <laughs> the whole of Dark Order surrounding him and from, to pay off this long-term storytelling uh, and then going into something where you've got the elite against the Dark Order with Kenny, with the Young Bucks. There's, there's so much you could do with it. So let's, oh, let's, wow. let's pull the trigger and let's make it happen. Uh, more hot AEW chat every week here on Talk Wrestling. Uh, we also talk New Japan. We also talk WWE, of course, NXT, NXT UK, all the big brands. So um, Impact, I, I feel like I should now mention everyone. NWA, uh, <laughs> British Indies. You know, pro... <laughs> but, but sticking with AEW, we should mention that Sammy Guevara and MJF was very good, Will. I did say it was a banger, but I did kind of say it was a banger and, and move on quite quickly. But if you want to <laughs> expand on that, you're more than welcome. No, I, 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 just, I just think they deserve a, a bit of credit. It was a match that was really well built too. Um, we've been wanting it for a while. Sammy knew that MJF was the snake. Sammy, as a babyface, by the way, has an insane repertoire. Um, and it was just very good to watch. It really was. like it, it, on, a, on a week of free TV... The chaos those two brought and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, I thought was absolutely excellent. And MJF gets another big win. Really, like, it's getting done really well. It's just, there is a part of me that's like, hmm, where is this inner circle pinnacle thing going to end? Because they've done a lot already. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, though. I'm really enjoying it. Yes, that's my overriding thought. It's like, you know, but, it, but it's what's good is good. So let's roll. Our AEW chat this past week from Talk Wrestling. We're on every Monday night on Talk Sport 2. And you can find us here in the Fight Night feed every week as well. Make sure you do leave us a rating and a review. It really does help other people find the show. And check out the many other fine podcasts from the Talk Sport Network. The Euros coverage has been absolutely brilliant. The other stuff here on the Fight Night feed, if you're into UFC, if you're into your boxing, absolutely stunning stuff found on there as well so check it all out give it all your support uh, the fine people at talk will work very hard for your listening pleasure and so i hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed our show this has been the talk wrestling podcast from talk sports imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 